survey says this is the veteran wargamer This is the Veteran Wargamer. I am your host, Jay Arnold, and we are talking once again with Jasper Ortage of Wargame Soldiers and Strategy Magazine, Ancient Warfare Magazine, Medieval Magazine. Am I am I missing any magazines, Jasper? Yeah, you're missing Ancient History. Oh, dang! That, that's peaceful, so that's not necessarily for uh, for your audience. Well, you well. I wouldn't say that. I mean, it, it, or, I guess the problem I is it doesn't involve own, conflict. My own preferences, yeah. I guess so, yeah. It's the only one that's not as violent. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, this is the third time that you are on the Veteran Wargamer podcast to discuss the Great Wargaming Survey. And I, I just want to thank you once again for coming on. Well, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's always an exciting time because we get to talk about the last year's uh, survey and the current year's survey. And I like to see how the survey is is changing. And maybe with this being the third time, we might be, we might be able to start seeing some trends or something like that. Well, it's the third so, time we talk. It's not the third survey. Well, true. No, it's the third. Well, yeah, yeah. Because this is what the sixth survey. We have the sixth. Yeah, the the one coming up in August is going to be the sixth. Yeah. All right. So I, I guess just for just for our listeners who only listen to the Veteran Wargamer podcast, and if that's the case, I am sorry. Seeing that the last episode was in February. <clears throat> oh. Um, well, yeah. there's there's been some pretty significant life stuff going on so the the podcast had to take a back seat but it looks like uh i've got some plans where we might be able to get back to once a month or something like that but anyway running a podcast um, is hard work i i know i'm very glad that angus of the history network does it all for us mm -hmm. yeah it is a great job and though if to my listeners if you're not already listening to the war game soldiers and strategy podcast you really ought to because it's they've got really engaging discussions on on a number of topics and it's definitely definitely worth listening listening to and uh it's well it's it's on a, my my top rotation for sure and that's you know i only really listen to about five other podcasts so that's that's definitely saying something thank you but, uh what aside from aside from being involved with what four magazines and two podcasts and, and all the rest, what, what have you been up to since we, we last spoke? Yeah. Well, there's not always that much time for doing stuff outside of work. Um, wow. Um, uh, what have I been doing? I've been doing some gaming and modeling, uh, but uh, I've not been very productive. I think over the last year, I have tried. I've been trying to introduce some of my friends into wargaming, or which is actually mixed results, I think. But um, mm -hmm. I think um, I think it's an an option we should. Exp We've been talking about more with with um, with other wargamers. It's just you know, is is not being so shy about our hobby. 
Mm-hmm. And and you'll find that if you if you tell people about it and you're sufficiently weird and interesting, uh, then some people might go, you know, you show this to me sometime. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, and and I think you can. I think it's easier to get people to come and play. So you know that's a gain already because it's not always easy to find people to come play with you. Um, it it may be a leap before they say, okay, I'm going to put down my hard earned cash and buy stuff, and then even a bigger one. I'll start painting it, but you know, if you don't try, you're never going to get there. Right. Exactly. And that brings up an interesting point. Cause I wonder, I wonder if there is a little bit more hesitancy to get into the hobby or promote the hobby there on the European continent than it is in great Britain or the United States. Um, because I would imagine for, well, you're only one generation away from, somebody who participated or witnessed the war firsthand there in the continent. Whereas, you know, we didn't see anything really of the war in the United States, unless you happen to be the Aleutian islands or Hawaii and great Britain, you know, they, they had the blitz, but it's not the same as, you know, having foreign troops occupy your, your country. Uh, I I think that may very well have played a role. Um, uh, uh, from from what I hear, it certainly has played a role in Germany. That war gaming mm-hmm. is just not a thing, uh, and uh, there's still some difficulties there. But I think I think the the, the sort of the people are growing up now, or the young adults now, they, I, I think they don't have that problem as much anymore. That's just, you know, it's history now. Right. Um, but uh, I think it, it, it is a, uh, borne out by the Great Wargaming Survey that the average historical wargamer in continental Europe is younger. So mm-hmm. uh, m- maybe that's, um, that's some evidence of it. I don't know if it's about... Uh, if there's a hesitancy for people to start in this hobby, uh, I think there are many reasons why people might not want to start in this hobby. And some of them are completely valid and sane, and some are uh, maybe I would disagree with, but I don't think I'm not sure it's about, because it's, you know, I think if you're, if you're interested in it, um, and if you're if you're getting to the point where you're willing to start spending money on it, you're probably so far down the road that, you know, there's no hope for you anyway, and you just have to commit. Um, mm-hmm. I I think I, I do think that many war gamers are, um, you know, they we tend to try and find each other and move right. in that same circle, and unless people sort of randomly walk into a game store. I think there's going to be a lot of people who have never heard of this hobby and don't know what it is, don't know how it works. You know, it, if it's on TV, I don't know what it's like um, in the U.S., but over here you've got some of those, you know, interesting people shows where they just go and talk to people with strange hobbies and stuff. And that's where Wargaming might show up, um, which is not necessarily the kind of promotion you want. Right. Um but I think I think there are a lot more uh, opportunities there to to just show it to people who might actually be interested or you know interested in, in 
in all the different aspects of gaming who may be interested in history, who may be interested mm-hmm. in, in, mil- in tactics and, you know, and some you know, people who are already interested in board gaming, perhaps. Um, I think there's, there's a lot we can all gain by being more forthright about what it is we do in, in, in our basements and attics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think we should probably get to the meat of the of the interview, if that's all right with you, and, and sure. we'll talk about uh, last year's survey a little bit, and maybe get a preview because the for this year's because this year's is not launched, correct? August first is normally when you launch, is that right? Yes, I'm planning to launch it August first. Okay, uh, which means I've got an awful lot of stuff to do in the next ten days. Oh crap! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I, I suspect that that's a that's a typical <laughs> that's a typical ten day forecast for you. I've got a lot of crap to do in the next ten days. Yeah, that's true. So, moving right in, we'll start talking about the 2018, and that ran August 1st to August 31st, 2018. And I noticed you've been doing some back and forth with the guys at Little Wars TV on mm-hmm. YouTube to. Uh, to make sense of some of the information you received. How, how has working with them been? Well, that's been really interesting. It's been slightly disconcerting because if you get people who know, you know, are, are more used to, to dealing with numbers. I mean, I'm a historian by training, which is not somebody type of education that you associate to with a number cruncher, mm-hmm. uh, unless you're into like historical demographics or something. Um, so I've just been using the built-in uh, analysis tools that uh, SurveyMonkey provides. Um, uh, but so this year, I yeah, I I ran into I think online mostly first uh, the Little Wars guys, and they said, well, as it happens, we actually have some people here who do this stuff for a living, mm-hmm. or have done this stuff for a living. Uh, and so I uh, carefully anonymized all the results and, um, we made sort of, uh, sort of an NDA and, uh, and they went to town with all those numbers and it made them very happy. Uh, and it also, you know, there were some things in there that made them, you know, are a little more, uh, uh, worrisome. Um, but I'm not sure I want to, uh, that depends. When is this show going to go out? Because I've also just recorded an interview with Miles for the WSS podcast. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try. Well, maybe not this week, but the week following, definitely before the survey goes live. Okay, probably. Um, definitely, probably. All right. Well, then I think for some of those things, you have to listen to the WSS podcast. Um, but it's no, it's it's been it's been very interesting to. Um, to work with them and and very useful and mm-hmm. and i think you'll see some changes in the upcoming um, survey uh for one it's going to be very likely it's going to be a lot shorter than it was mm-hmm. um because we had we usually had um sort of 30 questions maybe mm-hmm. and um and uh, miles suggested to uh, to keep that number a lot lower because people automatically, you know, after about 10 or uh, um, 15, maybe 20 questions, 
people's attention starts to drop off. So, you know, the further on you get in the survey, the less likely it is that you're getting the um, most accurate answers. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. So we may even consider raising the frequency, but it's a, it's a lot of work to organize the podcast and, and all the stuff that goes with it, right. like the sponsorships and things. Um, so we'll probably, what, what we have been doing or started to do after about the third uh, edition of the survey is that we started to take out some questions and put them in a year later, because a lot of the things, you know, a lot of stuff doesn't really change very much. So you can just right. say, well, we won't ask this question this year. We'll just ask it again next year and then see if there's much of a change in, in that period. Um, I forget. What was the question you were on? We were asking about. <laughs> I, was just I, just, how, I just went off how, on a tangent, I think. No, it's, uh, it's great. It's no, I just asked how things, how things are, have gone with working with the, uh, little wars TV guys. And it sounds like they've gone pretty well and you've been able to fine tune the, not yeah, just yeah, yeah. the sounds like you've been able to fine tune not just the survey but also your approach to the survey and yes. uh, an improvement uh over time is is a great thing so well let's let's talk about last year's survey and uh how was the response how many responses did you get this past year um just under seven thousand is a little bit disappointing compared to the year years before but um I guess it goes up and down. It depends on whether you find people. It, it's still in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a thing this year that I can, I think I can say now that hopefully will attract more attention. It's that we've um, we partnered up with Rubicon and um, there will be a, um, there'll be a, a unique tank commander sprue in, for everyone who, takes part in the survey. We're oh, wow. Probably going to have to ask people a small contribution in the shipping, but the sprue sure. will be free. Um, it'll be one British, one German, one American, and one Russian tank commander. Oh, great. Um, so I think that might help uh, get people to spend 15 minutes, or not even, 10 minutes of their time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there might be uh... some, other, uh, some other nice things to, to get out of it. So it's not just us collecting all the information and, and that was it right well that sounds great and what what size are are those figures oh sorry rubicon always makes 28 mil stuff so okay. it's it's for the yeah uh, it's for the most popular scale whatever everybody else says about god's own scale and things it's uh, <laughs> and numbers wise it's is that one yeah I, I i guess we could well um was i well i guess we can talk about that here in a second but uh so there was actually a decrease in respondents, it sounds like? Uh, the, the Last year, there was a decrease. And hopefully this year, we'll actually we'll hit those um, those magical five numbers that we've been uh, getting close to, but not hitting. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there any thought as to why there might have been a decrease? Uh, did we, you know, and I, I contributed to this with, you know, you asked the content providers in the hobby to, to make uh, videos appealing to folks to go out and do it. And did, I, I certainly hope my terrible video didn't <laughs> push people away. I, I don't think so. It's, um, I don't know. There may be um, 
maybe some people get annoyed with having to do it. Maybe there are more, we, we've done it. Not always at exactly the same time. It's sometimes it started in, uh, it was, we ran some survey. Uh, the first, I think was just ran pretty much through July and not into August. And we've had mm-hmm. ones at half into July, half in July, half in August. And completely in August, it may be that August is really the quietest time of the year where people are doing a lot of other stuff, but think about wargaming. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be that fewer people saw it. Maybe uh, some of the bigger channels didn't pay attention to it. Um, stuff it changes all the time. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're a mercurial bunch, aren't we? So. Uh, certainly. <laughs> So this is, so we just had the fifth, so this will be the sixth survey coming up. Yep. Um, at this point, uh, are are you seeing any trends yet, or is that to be, or do you still think we're we're short on data to, to say whether or not we're seeing any trends? Um, the, the, the thing that stands out most, I think, is that, um skirmish games but that's nothing new i think everybody who's been around been a war gamer for the last five years will have noticed that skirmish games have gotten extremely popular and Mm -hmm. uh that's borne out by the numbers um if there is a trend it's that one A, a lot of the other one a lot of the uh data is actually quite similar all the time um you know it's World War Two is very popular. It remains popular. Mm-hmm. Um, GW, the specific GW games are, uh, we've always asked, does the only, I should preface this. Sometimes people ask us, hey, which brand is the most popular or which game is the most popular? And we try to keep it as neutral as possible. Mm-hmm. But we figured that, you know, you can talk about war games and uh, historical war gaming and historical periods and settings and eras, but you, you know, it's just, you know, you can say they're sci-fi games, but it's just silly to say, you know, we're just going to pretend that 40 K is part of the whole container uh, of sci-fi games. It just isn't right. Um, It's so big. It's its own thing. So that's the, that one and um, Age of Sigmar are the only specific games we uh, ask about separately. Yeah, there's a there at the top. 40k TV show in the works, supposedly. Uh, so yeah, they're they've uh, really changed their marketing around. You know, I, I pretty much started with Games Workshop with Warhammer Forty Thousand Rogue Trader, and obviously I've gone on from there, and I. It's just such a different animal. You know, they are so far and above beyond their nearest competitor that it's it's like, you know, I, I kind of wince whenever they refer to the Games Workshop hobby, but to a certain extent, it's true. It's its, it's, its own entity almost. You know, it's like, it's similar to Wargaming, but it, it's own thing. Well, it, it, yeah, I mean... Uh... Wargaming or tabletop miniature wargaming as a hobby is small, um, and uh, specifically historical wargamers in that hobby are just a small niche. 
uh, and and a very large part of that hobby is just dominated by GW. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, the only thing is that uh, recently, and that's probably the last. I don't know when that first came out, but X Wing, um, of course, sort of crossover games mm-hmm. um, have also. That's that's certainly a new thing as well. They've come in and. Uh, sort of become an all a whole category of games by themselves. Certainly by mm-hmm. by volume. I yeah, think, I think uh, X Wing outsold GW worldwide uh, one or two two or three years ago. I'm not sure it's still the case, but um, yeah, it was wildly popular. Yeah, Board Game Geek is telling me that. Uh, X-Wing Miniatures first got, uh, was first published in 2012. Okay, so it's older. Yeah. So so that's a, that's definitely a, a, a trend. It's just because it's sort of crossover and it, it excludes the whole, um, the part of the, the creative part of the hobby, I think, right. for, for a large part. It's hard to consider it in, to sort of squeeze it into the Great War Games survey. Um, similarly, we've always, uh, had issues trying to squeeze in, say, chit war gaming and, and block mm-hmm. war gaming, uh, right. it is of course, complete tactical war gaming, but it's also clearly its own thing. Yeah. And unfortunately devoid of the hobby aspect, which, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's a central part of the hobby, you know, and I, I think there's. Yeah, you know, I I've had discussions in the past about where the where the line between board and miniatures war game lies because of all the hybrid, uh, all the hybrid products that are out there, uh, and it, I think it's it's worth keeping an eye on that discussion because you know our our as our perceptions change, you know maybe the approach to marketing will change as well, but, and uh, but it's. You know, definitely, definitely a tangent that we could probably set aside for now because it has nothing to do with the survey. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, maybe not. I mean, you, I guess yeah. you could always ask how many, you know, board war games do you play, or what other, you know, yeah, you could break that down to other genres or subgenres. And we certainly have done that um, in the in the past. But you know, if if you look at we coming back to our discussion from a little earlier about what our hindrances to people getting into the hobby mm-hmm. it's it's very likely um you know the creative aspect is also a hindrance people are intimidated you know it's mm-hmm. easy to, it's easy to inspire somebody with a a beautiful say napoleonic war game with 2000 figures aside it looks great uh and and then telling people to you know they can go home and they can can join when they've, you know, painted their first brigade of, oh, you know, say a modest 150 figures. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily going to inspire people to, you know, spend money and a lot of time. Um, and if they haven't never painted anything at all, uh, uh, going through a big learning curve to get there. And mm-hmm. if you can just say, look, here is everything. It's ready to go go play, have fun. And you can see the attraction. Right. 
Right. And I think there's, I think that there's a, a definite advantage to games like fan or companies like fantasy flight, bringing out the products they have with the pre-painted stuff. And also the, the less hobby centric approach, I guess you could say the less creative approach. Um, and then there are, you know, the board game companies who say, you know, paint them or not, you know, just go ahead and play with them. And then I wonder if there's a way that those could be used as a gateway. And, and I'm sure some folks have, have viewed that as a gateway to getting into the more traditional hobby of buying, assembling, painting, miniatures and models and then playing a game with them. Yeah. I, mean, I think, um, I think that's the one Avenue where it's most, where you're most likely to find people uh, who might be interested in the quote unquote traditional tabletop miniature wargaming, Right. Uh, because those people are at least familiar with the game aspect, you know, the, the, the selection of your army, the tactical choices, the, sort of rough mechanics of how such games are going to work. Um, mm -hmm. the, 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 the fun social aspects of running those games. Um, similarly, maybe people who are, who have a modeling background might be interested in wargaming from, uh, because they're already used to building and, and painting and collecting, uh, uh, models right but might be interested in doing something with them instead of just going well done in the cupboard right exactly exactly um now as we're moving forward with the survey uh you mentioned you you're definitely taking taking out questions putting new questions in what uh what new questions were there on the 2018 survey Oh, that's a good one. Uh, was there a new question in 28? I think there was. Or, uh, or if you'd rather, it, or if you'd rather take a look forward, what new questions have you put on the 2019 survey? I don't think I would add very. Um, Or are or are you still in the process and, of determining what's on the survey? Yeah, I am. We're, we okay. we have a list of what we would like to ask, um, and you know, as I said, I would like to keep it a little bit shorter than before. Um, so you know, it's the it's the problem of you go okay, I want to ask this, 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 and this, and now I want to keep it within twenty questions, and then you have to go ah, yeah. What do I, I throw out? Yeah, I got to start peeling those away, and uh, it's yeah. A... So there, there's some there's some questions um, that you, that might be fun and interesting to ask, uh, but but you don't always want to ask. Perhaps like uh, last year we asked. I think that was actually a new one um, uh, about tools people use. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, are you somebody who uses like cheap brushes or high quality brushes? Uh, do you use an airbrush or a rattle cans, uh, muddling putty, palette, wet palette, um, stuff like that? That's that's not a question really to change to keep from year to year. I think it, it's you're unlikely to find that 
um, people suddenly start to use airbrushes in much higher numbers than before. Mm -hmm. And, and it's also, you know, it's not maybe a question that says very much about wargaming in general. On the other hand, you could now ask, do you use contrast paints? Yes, right. no, why not? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, as we go forward, um, now, are you all, are you still asking about the different eras and genres uh, that folks yes. play in? Yes, yes. Okay. And I think on our last discussion, you mentioned that uh, World War One was the most popular. Uh, no, it's the other one. The one the World War Two. Oh, did I say World War One? Yeah, World <laughs> War Two. Now I sound like an idiot, <laughs> but that doesn't—that's not hard for me to do. So, okay, so World War Two is the most is the most popular, and what was, and uh, what was after that? Um, I think for forty k and um, uh, let me see. Um, 40k and um, uh, Age of Sigmar are always very high up. Mm -hmm. um, though they're also always um, um, it's one of those you know, if you put those in then you're going to get a lot of people also who say, no, I hate it. So it very yeah. much depends on whether you're looking at you know, how many people said it's the best thing since sliced bread or what is their, you know, the weighted average, because then you're going to right. get a lot of people who say, I hate it with a vengeance. Um, and that pulls down the numbers. Have you incorporated questions or analysis to determine whether there's any overlap between the games where I guess we answered this last year. There's a there is some overlap, but it's, I think maybe well, maybe one. I think I, I understand what you're trying to say. Get it? And yeah. There is a, um, a question that we introduced um, where we had a sliding scale, uh, like from one to ten, and I think all the way to the left is: Do you consider yourself mostly historical game player? And all mm -hmm. the way to the right was: So ten was: um, Are you more of a sci-fi and fantasy war gamer? Um, and I, if, if that's what you're asking, the average is somewhere in, in the middle. And most people actually indicate they're somewhere in the middle. There's a, you know, there's always, a, uh, there's a, there's a section who say, I am really a purely historical war gamer. I play never any sci-fi or fantasy. And there's some people who say, I'm purely sci-fi fantasy war gamer. I never play anything historical, but most people, uh, I think would answer the would say, "Hey, if my friend is, wants to play 40k and he's got all the toys uh, and he will take me through the rules, I am happy to play that, even if I normally only play ancients mm -hmm. and and vice versa." Okay. Yeah, I I definitely I'm definitely one of those people that'll play just about anything as long as there are dice and rules that make sense. So <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and in some genres, you don't have rules that make sense, but, <laughs> but, uh, but it can still be. No, I, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of that depends on the people that you're with. It doesn't it. I mean, you can have, and I've said before, you know, you can have the, mo- the most beautifully presented table with the nicest figures and the nicest terrain and utterly, you know, the, the, the pinnacle of rules writing and the best rules you've ever played. And if the people you're playing with are just a bunch of jerks, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you know, again, that, that too is borne out um, by the survey is that the social aspect of the hobby, you know, whether you, whether you call that, you know, the hanging out with your friends or, you know, random bullshit during the game or, you know, the, the social aspect is very important to everyone who's filled out the survey. It's, it's like the number one aspect or number two. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it seems to be more important almost than playing the game or collecting the minis. Although, you know, doing that provides a lot of stuff to talk about afterward and before right. and during. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and we had mentioned last year, uh, you know, there's, there's a certain aspect of, or there's a certain percentage of folks who uh, pretty much exclusively do uh, solo war gaming mm-hmm. and which is, which is something I've done in the past myself, not a lot, but it, I have done it, um, you know, is, you know, I guess the very, the very fact that they're taking the survey means that they're aware of, of places online to talk about the hobby. So even then they're still being, they're still being social about the hobby. Um, I guess it's possible there are folks out there that do solo wargaming that aren't aware of the survey or other social media, but you know, you'll never capture 100% because of that, but um, you'll never capture a hundred percent anyway. Anyway. Yeah. But, uh, I, I just think it's, even if someone isn't gaming with other people, they're still talking about gaming with other people. Yeah. And, and um, I've, you know, the, there's always, um, we have always asked open questions or allowed space for remarks and mm-hmm. you see there that um, basically there's two reasons why people uh, prefer to play solo war game or play solo war games uh, one is they feel like they have to because there's nobody else around right um, and I I think that for those people um, you, you Maybe we should all try to encourage people to go on. Um, there's an app now for uh, the guy from Tabletop Minions, the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. He uh, his company made an app, and I can't think of the name now. But it's it's an app that helps you find basically find other war gamers. Game Four is the name of the yes, app. Yes, that's it. And maybe and, uh, we should encourage everyone everywhere to sign up to the app, uh, and that might help people uh, find others. But you know, um, clearly population density plays a role here. And if you mm-hmm. live somewhere in I don't know the plain states in the U.S., then you're not going to have very many people around you anyway. And the odds that one of them is a war gamer is perhaps not very great. Right. Um, living in a plain state or a prairie state, I should say, in Illinois. Um, you know, I've mentioned many times I, I live in a small town. There's about a thousand people that live in this small town. But even here, 
there was a brief instant eh, about two years where there was a group of guys in this town and also in the county that were really into 40k and i'm talking like they were getting together once twice a week um playing 40k and having a grand time and then just all of a sudden they just stopped <laughs> and I, I i might try talking to those guys and seeing why they just stopped and uh you know it might have been too much of a good thing for them and they, they just got burnt out on it but uh you know we've got a we've got a game store across the river in missouri and uh in bowling green and of course you know it's a smaller game store so they they carry the typical, you know, magic cards and the flavor of the week for the, uh, for the collectible card games, and and they've got games workshop stuff, and uh, and there's there's a pretty good presence in Springfield, which is about an hour and a half away. There's a couple of stores up in Quincy, which is about an hour away. So we're out there, but I guess we we should use tools like Game Four and Facebook to introduce ourselves to, and Twitter introduce ourselves to one another i mean we're out there i mean yeah. obviously you know for example quincy's a city of forty thousand people and there are at least two stores currently that that sell game stuff and i think that's pretty encouraging it is yeah and every time every time you hear people you know you have you have a some kind of thread online where people say where do you live and it, it, you can almost wait for somebody to go, wait, you live there. I live two yeah. blocks down the street. And, and we didn't know each other, you know, it's that they are mm-hmm. out there, but that's the one category people who think that they, who think, who feel, or maybe legitimately have nobody else to play with. And the other one is the complaint of people who've met that guy, quote unquote, uh, just slightly too often on the other side of the table, and they've decided that they're just happier um, uh, playing their game by themselves in, in their own basement, so that they can mm-hmm. take their time, uh, you know, developing their game. You know, maybe maybe they've got their own rules, or they they have very strong ideas about how they want to play a game, but they don't feel the need to be to be sharing that with somebody else. Right. It's, it's yeah. completely legit, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's one thing I've, I've tried to champion on, on my podcast here is there, there are as many ways to participate in the hobby as there are people in the hobby. And, you know, if, if your version of the hobby includes solo gaming, great. And if, it doesn't, that's fine too. And I, I just want people to be comfortable pursuing that hobby the way they want to. Absolutely. Uh, even though the disadvantage of course, is that makes it even harder try, to find somebody who is happy to play, um, you know, to play the kind of game that you want to play with you. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, that's, it's, it's a, it's a fine balance, I guess, but you know, yeah, it's like, um, hooray, I finally found a few Wargamers nearby, and the one wants to play 40K exclusively. The other one uh, doesn't want to be found dead near a GW box uh, and only wants to play, I don't know, the Wars of Spanish Secession. And, <laughs> and and number three wants to play both games, but only in two mil. Uh, <laughs> 
just might happen. I would love to see. I, I think there's a way we can do that. <laughs> well, with two mil, you don't have to do much modification to the infantry. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, let's not. You know, we're inclusive. Everybody, everybody has to jerk, is 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 valid and should join in and and enjoy this hobby. Absolutely. <laughs> So we're going to start up with the sixth mm-hmm. Great Wargaming Survey, August 1st. Yep. Um, you're going to put it out on all your Twitter and Facebook channels as you normally would. And most of the folks that that are uh, content providers, I'm sure, are going to put the word out as well. Are you going to call for us to make videos again or... Uh, due to the downturn, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe we have to put a question in the survey. Did you see this survey because of the silly video, or were you so put off by it that you didn't fill it out? No, I. <laughs> we are certainly going to put out the word. Uh, for now, yeah. people can always find. I'm I'm putting links to uh, blogs, videos, uh, mm-hmm. a- everywhere. This you know. I, I, this is just a different way for us to share the word about what we found in the survey. And I'm putting that all on the WSS Great Wargaming Survey blog, which you can yep. find via www.greatwargamingsurvey.com. And once the survey is live, that same URL will just take you to the survey. Um, and afterwards, you can go back to the results. So uh, just to keep it simple. Okay, so like I said, we are gonna or you are gonna start up August first, and that'll run through August thirty first. Yep. And uh, let's see, today is the twenty first. I'll 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 endeavor to get the podcast out either before the first or right after the first to to get maximum maximum buy in for sure. Um, and I'm I I would guess you've got some other podcasts lined up, and uh, I will definitely well, we got encourage our own. folks. Yeah, to, sure. Um, yeah, you've got your own, of course, uh, and, um, and uh, I, uh, all the other usual suspects. I talked to Henry already, uh, what, a month okay, ago great. or so. That that one's out. He had a week where he put out like three new podcasts, and then he mm-hmm. and then he calmed down a bit. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I know that the guys at Little Wars are still still have one um, video in the pocket. Um, so yeah, we'll try and make a lot of noise again. Okay, absolutely. Um, well, I'll I'll definitely do my part to to get the word out for sure. Um, I, I think that as it goes forward, um, I think that there's going to be, you know, I certainly hope you get more more participation. I'd like to see more participation from the GW folks. You know, even the exclusively GW folks, because um, there's there are some good folks in that group. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I'd like to see it be, uh, you know, uh, considered a, you know, it's just an annual thing. Hey, it's time to take the survey again. And people talk about it with, in a positive, uh, positive fashion and start building up that data set where you can start looking to see, well, in, in 2014, we had this many people answer. And, you know, since then this has happened to that particular particular data point etc but yep i pr- sh- i should probably stop talking about statistics because i've got no mm-hmm. <laughs> i've got no basis of understanding for them but 
Yeah, it's sometimes sometimes how I feel as well. But and that's why it's good to have people like Miles and the other guys at Little Wars who uh, who mm-hmm. do have some idea of what that's about. Okay. Well, I did have I did throw it out to the listeners on Twitter and on Facebook uh, if they had any questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we did get some response. If you'd like to go ahead and forge ahead with that, sure. Speaking of Little Wars TV, John Yingling, who's involved with those guys, uh, asked a couple questions via Twitter. And the first one is, as War Game Soldiers and Strategy moves forward, moves ahead with future surveys, will you be working to target gamers of any sort that have not taken the survey before? Uh, yeah, we'll certainly try. And if he's got any uh, great tips on how to do that, I'd be, be very grateful for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's... We always try to get uh, channels like uh, what's it, Beast of War, now on tabletop, to uh, help get the word out, and uh, uh, tabletop minions and all the other big channels that helps um, podcasts mm-hmm. like this one. It's uh, it's the only thing I can think of. You have to, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a scatter shot approach, but um, well, as, as I said, we might we're going to have a, a, a cool giveaway for everyone mm-hmm. uh, that might help um i can't dig them out personally well why yeah. but if john has an idea then please let us know i i wonder we mentioned the game four app earlier mm-hmm. i wonder if there's a way that adam could put a link directly on the front page of the app for the limited you know for that time or if there's something along those lines, do you think that would help, or it might? But would that just create more work for somebody else? Uh, well, that, that's just by default. But um, <laughs> I think the Game Four app is also is is about tabletop games in general, and I don't want to uh, disappoint a lot of people who are looking for mm. you know people to play Settlers of Catan with, and then find that they have to answer questions about little tin soldiers. Yeah. Well, I, well, obviously I wouldn't make it a, I wouldn't ask him to make it a mandatory thing. No, 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 no. But yeah, yeah, yeah. J- just thinking. Yeah. I mean, does, well, I mean, this, it'd be a way, I guess. <laughs> no, true. Uh, anyway, it's good. Yeah. Um, now, Ying, uh, John also asked, let me read, let me restate that for editing purposes. John also asked, have retail businesses outside of WSS worked at ways to utilize the data in the survey? Is WSS willing to do that? Uh, they haven't asked us. Um, and this could be something to explore for us. Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now, switching over to Facebook, Eric Fontaine. Uh, he had uh, kind of a question and then I'm not sure it's really anything that we could answer with the uh, with the survey, but uh, it's certainly food for thought. Why do old guys thinks why do old guys think it's just old guys? My groups have always been div- very diverse and mainly on the younger side, kids, females and all age males of various ethnic groups. Just because gatekeepers in one area missed a generation doesn't mean everywhere did. Um, uh, well, I, I would argue that I, I don't consider myself an old guy, um, yet. <laughs> uh, uh, that's actually, I think, 
his question is going to be answered by the interview I did with Miles, and which is going to okay. be out in the in the, in the WSS podcast. Um, it's 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 a difficult matter of personal experience and anecdotal evidence versus right. what the numbers say. That's let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then last question is from Chris Robinson, also on Facebook. Uh, given the annual weekly talk about the grain of the hobby, any thoughts to splitting off in different age demographic questions after the basic introductory ones? Here's that term again. Old farts get asked about their path retrospectively. Any rare teenagers and other young farts get asked about what would open up their path to more of them. For example, how bad is gatekeeping from their point of view and who is doing it? Uh, I, I, I think that might be outside the scope of the survey, but it, again, it, it's something you, you could you could ask. You don't necessarily have to say. You don't have to sort of pre-route people by their age, right? Um, but you could ask questions like, you know, if you're only interested, if your only experience with wargaming is forty uh, k. Have you ever considered going uh, bolt action or mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that? And if the answer is no, then you could ask questions about why not? Is it a gatekeeping thing or yeah? Yeah. But then it gets to be a very complicated survey. Right. And that, that kind of defeats some of the purpose of getting it over and done with within that five to 10 minutes that you... Mm-hmm that you're wanting to target that plus you're, you're splitting your, um, your, your, um, your response automatically into smaller groups, which, you know, mm-hmm. not sure that's the best way to go about it, but, and a lot of stuff you can actually answer by, uh, asking the right questions and then you can filter stuff by age and, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, analyses like are people like this more likely to answer that question in this way i certainly think these questions are are great discussion points or discussion starters and i'd like to you know if there's any if there were any younger gamers and i would consider younger gamers to be maybe 25 and under you know that want to talk about these these questions i'd be more than happy to uh, talk to them so you know, drop me a note on Twitter or Facebook if, if you're in that group and want to talk about your experience with the hobby. Um, and then Chris finishes up, what, if any, historical periods interest the young while they're actually young? Huh. And then also, what annoys them the most about the old farce? Do games need more tech or app assistance to interest them? I think those are all great questions. I don't think that's necessarily going to get answered on the on the survey anytime soon. Well, well the, first again, one I can, the, the first one I can answer right away. Um, it's World War Two. Yeah, it's very simple. It's it's at the top of the list uh, across the ages, um, probably because it has the added advantage of having cool tanks, which most historical mm-hmm. periods don't. Right. Right. Well, I mean, Renaissance. If if you introduce some Leonardo, <laughs> stuff. yeah, uh, but <laughs> but there's no not yet the world of Renaissance tanks. Uh, I suspect that games like that, computer games like that, may help 
You know, if if you yeah. if you're a fanatical player of that game, and then you see either you know the Flames of War tanks or um, what a tanker being played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we I, I played what a tanker. I what, what on the tabletop, and we all said, well, that's pretty much like World of Tanks, uh, just um, with slightly less rage quitting. Yeah. One would hope, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I, I think these are all great questions. And like I said, if there's a younger gamer who listens to this podcast would like to talk about some of these issues, I'd be more than willing to lend an ear, at least for for a little bit. Um, so as we move forward, uh, guys, thanks for thanks for those questions. Um, you know, I might, uh, I, I definitely would like to open up questions like this in future episodes so uh keep an eye out on twitter and facebook as i start prepping for new episodes as you know to get your to get your input get your voice heard so as we're wrapping up here um we're looking and once again that's going to be august 1st it's going to go live going to accept answers through august 31st and are you basing the the time off of I guess wherever your server's located, or is it GMT based? Whether it's midnight, I, I don't want someone to start it on August thirty first at eleven fifty six local, you know, their time, and then realize that it's not actually accepting the answers. Uh, I think it is actually. Unfortunately, it's going to be based on a time. Some, but I've in the past I've set it to stop at like you know five a.m. or something my time. Or six a.m., so it's midnight mm-hmm. U.S. Um, but it's one of those things you can't avoid. I mean, yeah. some people get it's gotta stop sometime faster than other ones. Exactly, it's got to stop sometime. Yeah. So, so if you're if you're really if you're really finally timing all of your events for the month of August, you, <laughs> you might want to, you might want to go ahead and set that for the second or the 30th to, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to worry about it. So, uh, well, uh, are there, is there anything that you think we need to discuss that we haven't touched on yet? Or uh, there's always so maybe... much to discuss, but no, I think we've, uh, we've had a nice cross section of, um, what there is to discuss about the great war gaming survey. And that in the end is what it was designed to do. And from the get go, you know, just to have some bases. Uh, we, we talk about a lot of these things all the time anyway, and now we have a basis in numbers to mm-hmm. uh, discuss them. Yep. 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 Alrighty. Well, Jasper, I, I certainly appreciate you taking time out of, a out of your Sunday afternoon to talk to me. And uh, sounds like you've got some, some big work ahead of you with finishing up the formatting and all that. Yep. And I certainly <laughs> hope to, to hear you on more podcasts and on see on YouTube talking about it some more. And, uh, I plan to, I, I, I like I said, I, I, I do appreciate what y'all are doing with it. And I, I think it's, it's a net benefit to the hobby to, to see, you know, to see this information that, you know, hopefully help folks get together with one another and hopefully help uh, the companies that are out there, you know, tailor their products to the, 
to the gaming public because you know the more they sell the longer they can stay in business and i think that's a net benefit for for all of us in the hobby exactly we want more war gamers for more better industry and more games and uh more gray armies and preferably painted <laughs> armies <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely jasper thanks again for talking with me thank you very and, much for having uh, me um i always look forward every every what is it every two weeks or every month a new uh, wss podcast comes out every every month is uh is a lot of work and uh, definitely work enough i think for now yeah absolutely and uh especially because you've got what you've got anywhere from three to four guys on the podcast every every time so you've got yeah it's the a, extra it's... work of trying to get all those schedules lined up yeah it's not it's not too bad um because guy and angus and mark are all in the uk um, mm-hmm. the ancient warfare podcast we have usually on average about six people on and there's mm-hmm. one in australia there's two in the uk uh there's three in the u.s in two different time zones and there's me so that's always a fun thing to coordinate and you could shift between continents and time zones on a whim it seems like so <laughs> yeah well i wish it was that easy but no um <laughs> Again, Jasper, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. And as always, if the war game you're having isn't any fun, you make it fun. That is all. <laughs>